Welcome to Arbel Ministries podcast with Mark Whitehead. Today we're going to look at Numbers chapter 9 together. And we're in the section of the book of Numbers where the people are learning how to celebrate God's presence. So we've discussed in the last couple of podcasts that the truth that God is with us. He wasn't just with his people when they were in the desert and they were, in the, they were being led for those 40 years. He wasn't just with them when we read about things in Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. He is still with us. And so that is something we have to learn that that's, that's a truth that we need to celebrate. But not only that, God is a God who still speaks. Just like we read um, that God spoke through Moses and God spoke through Aaron and God spoke through all these people that we read about in the Bible, God still speaks to us today. If he's with us, he's going to speak to us because he is our shepherd, the Bible says. So we have to learn what his voice sounds like. And we've talked about that previously on how you hear God's voice. How does he speak? But you can't stop with just hearing his voice. You have to learn to obey what he tells you to do. So that's one way you celebrate God's presence. You recognize he's with you. You listen to his voice as he speaks and as he leads you. And then you obey what he tells you to do. So as we look at Numbers 9, there's another element of learning to celebrate God's presence that we find. We'll make it to this in a few moments, but let's first begin by looking at the first five verses together of Numbers 9. Here's what God's Word says. Thus the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, way to beer. God speaks over and over and over in the book of Numbers. They have to learn to hear his voice. It goes on in the first month of the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt saying, now let the sons of Israel observe the Passover at its appointed time on the 14th day of this month at twilight. You shall observe it at its appointed time. You shall observe it according to its, all its statutes and according to all its ordinances. So Moses told the sons of Israel to observe the Passover. They observed the Passover in the first month of the 14th day of the month at twilight in the wilderness of Sinai, according to all that the Lord had commanded Moses. So the sons of Israel did. Recently, um, as I'm recording this podcast, it, it, we have just celebrated Easter. Uh, and about a week and a half ago or so, um, I taught a full lesson on Passover. And, and for the purpose of this podcast, I'm not going to have time to go into the full uh, element of, of Passover, but I just want to remind you about some of the highlights of Passover because this is the one-year anniversary from the actual event of Passover. So God had instructed his people to slaughter a lamb there in Egypt and to put the blood around the doorpost of their house. And if they did that, a death angel would pass over them. Now, one thing you have to understand about the context 
is that the Egyptians, their gods were animals. There was no such thing as slaughtering a lamb in Egypt because they're sacred animals. They're, they're their gods. Their gods were animals. And so understand when God said, this is how you're going to be saved by slaughtering a lamb and, and, and you would have to do it during daylight. You're asking, you, you have to really trust that that's God's voice. You better know his voice. You better know that's him telling you to do that because your life is on the line based on the culture you're in. And, but they did it. They did it. And, and, and the thing about that is 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says that Jesus became our Passover lamb. And because of his death on the cross, the judgment we deserve passed over us, just like we read about um, with, with the Exodus and with Egypt. Now, in verse 2, there's something we have to, to, to grasp because God said that Passover would have an appointed time. There was a specific time that he wanted his people to celebrate Passover. And of course, it was on the, the date of the event. But the lamb was to be killed on the 14th day of the first month at twilight. Now, now I want you to remember that little tidbit because we're going to come back to that in just a moment. But back in Exodus 12, he gave very specific instructions on what to do to celebrate Passover. So understand, he was clear about what to do to celebrate it and when to do it. There was an appointed time specifically to fulfill what he told them to do. Now, what happens next in the book of Numbers in this chapter? Well, verses 6 through 14 of chapter 9, you see a couple men who, who had touched a dead body. Uh-oh, they're in trouble because can you make an offering to God if you've touched a dead body based on Torah, based on God's word? No. So they're in trouble. God has already said that he wants every person every year to celebrate Passover. He said it's going to be a permanent ordinance. But what are these men to do? Well, they weren't sure. So they turned to Moses and Aaron to get guidance. And again, that shows you these men really want to obey God's word. They really want to get this right. So they go to their leaders, Moses and Aaron, and say, what do we want? What does God want of us? So what did Moses do? Moses went to God and he asked God for his preference in the situation. And I love this. How often do people come to leaders to ask for guidance in a situation, and the first thing those leaders do is give their thoughts on what they should do. I know this has happened with me. People have come to me for maybe advice on something they're going through, and they say, Mark, what, what should I do? Well, instead of going to the Lord and asking his preference, I just tell them my own thoughts so many times. 
I don't consult the Lord necessarily every time. Maybe you can relate to that. And maybe that should caution all of us that when someone comes to us asking for guidance, we are not the source of all knowledge. We are not the source of all wisdom. But we have a heavenly Father who is. And our job should be to approach the throne and ask God his preference in every situation. I shouldn't rely on my own counsel or my own experiences solely to provide the the advice they may be seeking. My first thought should be to go to the Lord and ask him what he feels in this situation. What are his preferences? And Moses and Aaron did exactly that. Moses went to the Lord and said, you know what? I'm not sure what to do in this situation. I know God said he wants everybody to celebrate Passover, but he also said you can't celebrate if you've touched a dead body. So let's just ask him. And that's what he does. Now, what did God tell these men to do? Should they go ahead and celebrate Passover even though they were unclean? Because gosh, we know this meant a lot to God. (laughs) Passover was incredibly important for his people to understand and celebrate. Well, that's not what he told him. He didn't say just, I understand you're unclean, but go ahead and do it anyway because this Passover means a lot to me. No. But here's the thing. They still needed to celebrate Passover. Exodus 12, 14, it's a permanent ordinance. So God said, okay, I want you to celebrate, but celebrate one month later. Look at verse 11 with me, or listen to verse 11, Numbers 9, 11. In the second month, On the 14th day at twilight, they shall observe it. They shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. So not the first month on the 14th day at twilight. He all of a sudden says, no, on these men, second month, 14th day, twilight, exactly one month later. Bible trivia. There is one other place in scripture where we see Passover celebrated exactly one month later on the second month, 14th day at twilight. You know what it is? You find the story in 2 Chronicles chapter 30, time of Hezekiah. And we read in that story that there were not enough priests consecrated to celebrate Passover. And so God postponed Passover for one month so there would be the people and the priests needed to celebrate it the way it should be celebrated. Now, look with me at verse 13. Here's what it says, Numbers 9, 13. But the man who is clean and is not on a journey and yet neglects to observe the Passover, that person shall then be cut off from his people, for he did not present the offering of the Lord at its appointed time. And here's what it says. That man will bear his sin. Now, we've already discussed that part of the way that we celebrate God's presence is by being obedient. One of the biggest lessons, though, I've learned over the past several years deals with the timing of our obedience. See, as a Christian, my job is to listen to my master and obey his orders. But here's the problem. Many times for me, 
and I'm speaking personally, I obey him in my own timing. There's something we have to understand about obedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. And think about this instruction of Passover. If a person was obedient to kill their lamb at any other time than the appointed time, they were disobedient. They couldn't tell God, you know, the 15th day of the first month works much better for me this year. I've got a lot going on on the 14th day. So God, I'm going to do everything you told me to do uh, in your word for Passover, yet I'm going to do it on the 15th day because that's really going to work out better for my schedule. The timing wasn't their call. If they did it at any other time, it wasn't valid. And look at the consequence if they did not offer this Passover offering at the appointed time. Verse 13 says, that man will bear his sin. And this is a phrase we see other places in the Torah, in the first five books of the Old Testament, in the books of law. Let me, let me just give you a few of them so you see why this is so important. Numbers 18, 22. The sons of Israel shall not uh, come near the tent of meeting again, or they will bear sin and die. Consequences of bearing sin, death. Okay, go forward a few verses in Numbers 18, verse 32. You will bear no sin by reason of it when you have offered the best of it, but you shall not profane the sacred gifts of the son of Israel, or you will die. Consequence of bearing their sin is death. Leviticus 20, 20. There's a man who lies with his uncle's wife. He has uncovered his uncle's nakedness. Obviously, very different context here, but listen to what happens. They will bear their sin and they will die childless. The consequence of bearing sin is death in Scripture. And if God's people didn't do exactly what he said to do at exactly the right time, their punishment was bearing their sin. Essentially, death. Yeah, they could be cut off from Israel, but understand there's a separation that takes place. You go to the New Testament, and Jesus is talking about the timing of obedience when you get to Luke chapter 9. We see in Luke 9, verse 59 through 62, it says this, And Jesus said to another, Follow me. But the man said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Verse 61, Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. Jesus said to him, no one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. And Jesus is very, very clear in these verses. These two men wanted to follow Jesus. They did. The problem is they wanted to do it on their own timeline. They had other things to take care of first. And Jesus was clear. We are not to follow him on our timeline. When he tells us to follow, when he tells us to do something, we do it at the moment he tells us 
to do it because delayed obedience is disobedience. And maybe there's something as you listen to this podcast that God has put on your heart recently, and you know it. Or maybe he told you to do it a year ago and you still haven't done it. You have felt him make his will clear to you. Listen, if you obey him in the future, that's disobedience. He expects us to follow him at the moment he tells us to follow. Now that takes incredible trust. That takes you knowing your shepherd's voice well because we have an enemy that wants to deceive us. So we have to know it's God. We have to know it's his voice. We have to be in his word. But when he is leading you to do something, do it when he's leading. So God takes obedience seriously. Not only does he expect me to do what he tells me to do, but he expects me to do it when he tells me to do it on his timing, not my own. So how do we know God's will? Well, one way is is something we've discussed previously on the way God speaks. But Romans 8.14 says this, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. If you have accepted Jesus Christ, if he dwells within you, if you have the Holy Spirit within you, understand one of the Spirit's jobs is to lead you. The Spirit of God leads us. And that's how you know who the sons of God are, by those who are being sensitive to the Spirit. So absolute obedience on God's timing only happens if we are allowing his spirit to lead us in everything we do. So you have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I think so many times our world, we get so busy doing things and our life is filled with so many and they can be good things, but we don't slow down long enough or listen closely enough to the spirit's leading. I'm telling you, if you want to be used by the Lord, if you want to be obedient, you have to be led by the Spirit. And and there's one last thing on this beginning part of, of Numbers 9 I want you to see because understand every person was expected to celebrate Passover. Even, it says, the stranger in the land. If the stranger did not obey Passover, guess what they did? They bared, they, they bore their own sin as well. And I say that to you to say from the beginning of time, someone has always had to pay the price for sin. Now listen to the words of Jesus in John 6, verses 53 through 56. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in 
him. And see, Jesus became that Passover lamb. And he says, if you partake of me, if I am that Passover lamb that pays for your sin and you partake of me, then you know what? You won't have to bear your own sin anymore. I've already done it. I've paid the price. And so Jesus says these things and you think, Jesus, that's really gross. And and, and a matter of fact, after he says these things, many who were following him in the crowd, they pretty much all leave. Jesus, do you not understand? This is not the best evangelistic strategy. I'm imagining Peter coming up to Jesus in a quiet moment and saying, you know, Jesus, we have a problem here because, you know, you're you're saying really gross things and, and nobody wants to hear your message. So maybe we need to dial that back a notch. But Jesus was clear you better understand that I'm your Passover lamb. And if you don't partake of me, you're bearing your own sin. And from the beginning of time, somebody is bearing your sin. It's either you or it is your Passover lamb, Jesus Christ. Now, Numbers 9, as we look at verses 15 to 17, there's another huge thing that I really want you to get from Numbers 9. Let's look at starting in verse 15 here. It says this, Now on the day that the tabernacle was erected, the cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony, and in the evening it was like the appearance of fire over the tabernacle until morning. So it was continuously. The cloud would cover it by day and the appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was lifted from over the tent, afterward the sons of Israel would then set out. And in the place where the cloud settled down, there the sons of Israel would camp. One of the things I never really understood fully until I went to Israel was this importance of God guiding his people with the cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. On your podcast, there should be an image coming up of, this is an ancient road, it's a wadi in the southern part of Israel, and I've hiked this wadi a couple of times. This is a, this is, this is what, these were the roads back in this time period, okay? Now, understand something about this wadi. This area of Israel gets virtually no rain in southern Israel. So when rain comes, it comes usually farther north. What do you think happens in this wadi? Well, the rain comes down and it starts flooding it. So nine months out of the year or so, that's not really a concern because it it really rainy season is only three, four months tops in Israel. And, And so, yes, these were the roads. So you would travel on these, especially when it's not rainy season. But here's the deal with these wadis. Because of the the way Israel, uh, the topography of Israel, you have on the east side is where the mountain ranges usually are. You have the plains on the west side near the Mediterranean. So these wadis run east and west. They come down from the mountains towards the plains. Okay, what do we know about the sun? The sun travels during the day. It goes east and west. 
the same way as the wadi. Well, if that's true, guess what you don't have, even if there's pretty high sides on the wadis? You don't have shade because you're going along the wadi along the same path as the sun. So there's, you get no shade during the day as you're hiking. Understand that. And, and, and the other thing about this, <laughs> the, you are burning up. It's 110 degrees. And man, the thing that I longed for as I'm hiking this wadi is a, a, is a place where there's just maybe a little shade maybe a little broom tree or maybe a, a little area in the rock a little that you can get under because it's so much cooler in the shade. So understand, when God said he's going to lead them by cloud by day, it's, just, it's not simply so that they could see where God was. That cloud was protection from the sun. Okay? Imagine it gets night down there in the desert and your skin has been scorched by the sun all day long, and the sun begins to go down, guess what happens? You start getting really cool. And it's in that moment, all of a sudden, a pillar of fire comes out. Yeah, so you could see. Hard to see a cloud when it's night, maybe. But it's more than just so that they could recognize where God's presence is. It was the heat they needed to warm them through the night. So when you hike a wadi like you're seeing, and it's in the heat of summer, there's a couple of verses that become absolutely real to you. Let me share those with you. Isaiah 25, verse 4. For you have been a defense for the helpless, a defense for the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat. And all of a sudden, God's word says, in this context, you got to put yourself in the shoes of, of, of the audience, of the original audience of the text. And they've walked these wadis, they've hiked in these heat, and they said, you know what God is? He's your shade from the heat. And I'm telling you, oh, how you long for that shade in the desert. Okay, listen to Psalm 121, verses 5 and 6. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. All of a sudden we read that God is the shade at our right hand. As we, as we talk about celebrating God's presence, understand that he protects us when the heat gets turned up in our life. Right now, you may be going through a desert. And I'm telling you, as I was walking through these wadis in southern Israel and it's 110 degrees, I longed for shade. And God says, you know what? When you're going through your desert, I am your shade. Now, he doesn't say that I'm your air conditioner. Understand the difference. I wish he would say, you know, when you're in the desert, I'm going to turn down that heat to about 68 degrees. You're going to have a nice, cool breeze. We're going to get through this together, buddy. That's not what he promises. He says, I will be your shade. And in many times in the desert, shade may bring down the temperature about 10 degrees. It's still warm in the shade. 
but it's more manageable. So God says, I'll be your shelter when the heat gets turned up. Have you ever felt that? Have you had moments that you can look back on now and say, oh my goodness, God was my shade. Have you had moments where you're thinking, I don't know how I can take the next step in this desert. The heat is so hot. I am so tired. I don't know how I can keep going. And somehow, some way, God comes along and gives you shade. You understand, many times I found personally, shade comes in the form of other people, which is why we have to be obedient on God's timing. Maybe He's wanting to send you to somebody that needs shade right now at this moment. You don't do it on your own timing because they need you right now. And he uses you as his hands and feet to be that shade. So you see why it's so important for us to be obedient in his timing. I've had moments where I needed shade so bad. And the the heat was turned up and God sends just the right person at just the right time to provide the shade I need to keep going, or God sends just the right word through his word to keep me going. But understand too, that when you are in a desert, he is no farther away than your right hand, according to Psalm 121. He's close. And sometimes it takes us going through a desert to understand things about him that we only know through head knowledge before. See, unless you experience God being your shade in the desert, you can't truly know that he's a shade experientially. So it takes us going through a desert, going through a hard time to experience that aspect of who he is. And that's hard. But it's in those moments when we're going through the desert, the heat is turned up, that Psalm 121 comes to life, that he is no farther away than our right hand. Or Psalm 34, 18 comes to life, that he's close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. And if you've never been there where you're crushed in spirit or you're brokenhearted, you cannot know how he comes along and saves you, how he comes along and it's close to you and protects you. So what is the big principle of how we celebrate God's presence in the last part of Numbers 9? You celebrate God's presence as you celebrate his protection and you follow him as he leads you and when he leads you. You recognize that God says, I'm going to be there with you no matter what you walk through. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm here. I'm going to be that shade. I'm going to protect you. But understand too, I'm also your shepherd. Listen to my voice and go where I tell you to go. And again, I fully expect if you're listening to this podcast, he wants to use you in the life of other people when they're going through deserts to be their shade. And that's not easy. 
because that means you have to enter their deserts. That's not a comfortable place to be. But if you want to be used by God, your eyes have to be open for when people are hurting and people are going through hard times and you have to be sensitive to, to, to be led by the Spirit and be that shade in those moments. Now, previously in our podcast, uh, we've touched on this, but understand that Israel was not wandering these 40 years in the desert at all. That, that's the term we use as Christians over and over for the 40 years that they were, that they were um, in the desert before they entered the promised land. That term wandering is only used one time in all of Scripture for those 40 years, and that's in Numbers 32, 13. So what was God's perspective of this time in the book of Numbers? Deuteronomy 8, 2. You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you to know what is in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. I fully expect, and I know it because of what we're going to read coming up very soon in our podcast, that that 40 years in the desert was very, very difficult for God's people. I mean, my first time when I was in Israel hiking, on day three, I had a brand new pair of Keens that I paid quite a bit of money for. Day three, the soles became, started to detach from the shoes. It is not an easy place to hike. It is tough. So yes, I put myself in the shoes of his people, and then we start seeing soon that they're going to start complaining, and I understand it. Because you know what? It's a difficult hike. But they had God with them. He was their shade during the day. He was their heat at night. And he knew exactly where he was leading his people. And they had to trust him. And they had to learn to listen to him. And he took them 40 years in the desert to get Egypt out of them so that they would learn to hear his voice and follow him. Today, you may feel like you're wandering. At the moment of this podcast recording, we are in the middle of a pandemic in which over 22 million Americans have already lost their jobs in this pandemic. And you may be listening to this podcast, and maybe for some other reason other than this pandemic, you may feel like you don't know what direction you're headed Maybe God's starting to lead you to do something else in your life. Maybe God's leading you to, I don't know what. And you may feel like you're wandering. Understand, right now in our culture, and you may be one of them, there's a lot of people in deserts. There's a lot of people going through hard times. God has not deserted us, nor will he desert us. He is with his people. He is no farther than your right hand. And he will provide that shade that we need from the sun and the heat we need from the night. And he's still in charge. He is still leading us as a shepherd leads his sheep. And we are not wandering. We can take refuge in him. But you have to trust him. 
So a couple things about this lesson. One, just a reminder, there may be something God is leading you to do. Understand delayed obedience is disobedience. Do what he's telling you to do it when he's telling you to do it. Secondly, he's still our good shepherd. He's still in the leading business. He still protects his sheep. Follow him today as he leads you. Allow him to truly be the Lord of your life and follow him. Pray with me. God, I just thank you so much that you are our shepherd, that you know where we are going. And not only do you know where we're going, you're already there. Help us to trust you. Help us to do what you tell us to do when you tell us to do it. And may we be faithful to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Um, I, I am looking forward to what's in store for the rest of Numbers as we wrestle through very soon the people becoming disobedient. There's a whole lot there that we need to unpack, and I look forward to doing that with you. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to the next time we talk.